We want to thank our amazing sponsor, the Rope Drop Queen herself, Michelle McKnight. She's a destination specialist with touring plans and can help you plan an amazing vacation. Whether it's Disney, Universal, a cruise, or an all-inclusive, she can help you with booking, planning, and strategizing to help you have an incredible experience at a great rate. Contact her today at michelle at touringplans.com. Now, on to the show. Helping you navigate the Disney parks. With the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. You're listening to Rope Drop Radio. Welcome to another Rope Drop Radio. Derek and Doug talking all things Disney. And Doug, we are talking Disneyland today because after a ridiculous amount of time, over a year, it's finally open. Hallelujah. It's Woo! open. It is. I, I really can't believe the day came. I really am. I, I can't I just believe can't. it was shut down for as long as it was for the record. Yeah. It. I mean, especially knowing how well Disney World had done for so long that it was time it was time it was california time. And you and i couldn't be there so no this week we have a very special guest who was there opening day so a little teaser mm-hmm. for this week's episode yes. that's what we're going to be talking about it, and it was a fun conversation and it almost deja vu like yep very so much I feel so. like we've had the conversation multiple times last July. And with that, we need to give a shout out to some new Patreons joining the Rope Drop Radio community. So thank you, Janet, Karine, and Anthony. So hopefully I got those names right. Well, two of the three, but thank you, you so much for... Totally butchered the one, Derek. Jeez, Karen, Karen, Karine? How do you say that? I don't know. I was Irwin. Is, I'll just go with the last name. Okay, sounds good. Well, thank you so much for joining the Rope Drop Radio <laughs> community and getting the bonus episodes. Uh, we have two this week, so uh, get to hear more from yeah. our guest and then more on uh, our um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier review. But thank you guys so much for supporting the show to all of our patrons. We love you guys, and it sounds like we're going to be seeing a few more in June, so I'm excited yeah, for hopefully. that. On our trip in early June, that first weekend One of June month away. down there. Yeah. So we'll we'll set up some different meet and greet time type things and where we'll be so people can find us. Uh, look for that in the coming weeks. So some Apple podcast reviews because we love Apple podcast yes, reviews. Yes, we do. We do. All right. So Disney Dads Unite, five stars Woo! by Dolfan2681. Dolwhip Fan. I don't know if it's Dole Whip fan. I, I don't think it is, but that's easy. what I heard. But maybe Dolphin fan? That could be. I don't know. Maybe. I don't I'll know. I'm thinking way too hard. For you. Finally, a podcast about Disney from a Disney dad perspective. I just found this podcast the other day, and I have listened to about 15 episodes already. Hopefully not. Well, episodes yeah, not one, episodes through one through 15. No. Hopefully not. Yeah. All right. I am so looking forward to my stay at Bay Lake Tower this July, and listening to this show makes me want to go tomorrow. The only thing missing is a happy hour. LOL. There you go. Thank you very much for well, the review. If that you're was there cool. in June, we will find a happy hour to hang out with you. We will definitely, but they're going in July. Derek. I know, but still, I know. I got to get just, just say That's to all of we'll our people happy. in June, if they want to go twice. Yes, absolutely. All right. All right. Another review. So happy I discovered RDR five stars by SG Rocks. I like I it. Know. Yeah, I'm going to go with this. Sergeant Rocks. Sergeant Rocks. See, I thought Sergeant, but we had a Sergeant not long ago, and there's like T's in Sergeant. I don't know. 
Okay, anyways, Baby Sergeant. I don't know. All right. I've been listening to multiple Disney podcasts religiously for the last several years. Rope Drop Radio has quickly moved into my subscribed feed, and I look forward to new release or new episodes. Keep up the inter- engaging banter and your great takes on Disney. I struggled to read that one. It's okay. I don't know but why. It was great. It's, it's, it, it, that's a very good great uh, review. Yes. Review. I'm glad you're subscribed. Subscribe. Everyone subscribe. If you haven't listened or if you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and do that. Yeah, subscribing is a good thing. Makes my Fridays a, a lot more less stressful. Derek looks at numbers too much, folks. I am. I'm a numbers so guy. If you want to make Derek happy, make sure you download it on every device. That's true. So thank you guys so much for leaving reviews and keep that up. Click that five stars wherever you get your podcast. But we have a great show that we got to get to. Well, Disneyland is open, and I'm excited to talk all about it. And so with us today, we have Jeff. Welcome to Rope Drop Radio. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Jeff, thanks for joining us. And um, you were there on opening day. But first, let's start with a little bit of your Disney background for the Rope Droppers. Well, I like to joke that I was born on Main Street in California, but that wasn't quite the case with my with my mom. But instead, I've I've been a Disney fan my whole life. I was lucky to be an annual pass holder, now a legacy pass holder since 1985. And I've been able to uh, travel all around the world. I just have Shanghai and Hong Kong left on my Disney parks list. And I've been a part of the, um, I think it's a Disney dream that I was on a few years ago. So I've been very lucky to travel all across Disney parks and also really care about the Disney community. Yeah, you're very active on Twitter. And during the shutdown, you did a lot of charitable work in Southern California for cast members, correct? Yeah, we, um, it was funny, like right around a little bit after Halloween time, I put up a a challenge to raise some money for the second Harvest Food Bank, um, which Disney does partner with. And it was really about um, not just the cast members, but um, in Orange County, California, um, there's so many tourism areas like mom and pop shops, mm-hmm. as well as the sports industry um, that were suffering as part of the shutdown. So uh, I just kind of put it up there, not expecting a lot to happen. But, you know, it's Disney magic. We were able to raise, you know, thousands upon thousands of dollars um, for this food bank. I think we were the fourth highest fundraiser of all time for Second wow. Harvest Food oh, Bank. That's awesome. And and what was nice is that we had some Disney celebrities um, along the way retweet and get involved, like everything from, uh, you know, the NBA player Robin Lopez to um, uh, she's totally blanking my name now. Um, the voice of Mater and, and uh, um, Christella from um, Cars 3. So they were they were retweeting and participating and donating. So it was nice to see um, people get involved. Yvette Nicole Brown. So just, you know, celebrities, Disney bloggers, everybody came together for a really good cause and, and donated money. And every time I thought it was done raising money, more money was raised. And um, we just did a really um, good deed and just trying to help people when they needed our help the most um, while the parks were shut down. That's awesome. So Derek, we weren't the only Nebraskans to retweet. No, that Larry came, the share cable it. guy. Larry you the know, cable to, guy, yes. Had to beat Larry. us, of course. Yes, he is. I think even Richard Marks, too. I mean, he's not affiliated with Disney, but now that I'm thinking about it, I was tweeting. I think I was tweeting just about anybody, and a lot of different celebrities were really nice um, to get the word out. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Well, I think the big thing is, is that after, what, 13 months, Disneyland 
finally reopens? I mean, who would have thought it was going to be as long as it was? But you were there, opening day. Uh, how was it? Let's let's go through the process. Was it magical? Did you feel Walt talking to you as the uh, clouds opened up and you went walked down Main Street? Well, it, it definitely had opening day vibes because it was very hot. But luckily, uh, no women's heels were melting. Um, in the sidewalk. So, but it was, it was really quite a surreal experience. And I definitely got chills walking down Main Street USA for the first time in over 400 days. And it was just really nice. There was a, a euphoric feeling having the cast members kind of cheer you on and other guests kind of cheer you on as you're walking down Main Street for that first time, like shortly after nine o'clock and just kind of being in the magic again. It was, it was a great experience. Well, that's awesome that it has that magical experience. You know, the only other way to get cheered on while you go down Main Street USA is to pay to be in a race. And then you have to, you know, run the other 13 miles of a half marathon. So that sounds like a lot better way to get cheered on down Main Street USA. Now, other than the magical part of it, there are some not magical things because you have health and safety protocols, which are necessary. So what were your thoughts on the entry procedures and the health protocols? Because you haven't been to Disney World this was your first time kind of getting out and experiencing that, right? Right. I mean, I've, I've been to downtown Disney a few times. And when California Venture was partially open without the attractions for a touch of Disney, um, the one thing that you have to remember that, you know, Disneyland, you drive to the resort if you're not staying on one of their on-property hotels or nearby. Um, the Mickey and Friends parking structure, the tram um, is closed. So you have to walk the tram route mm. um, oh. to, to line up and get in there so that, you know, we're used to all the things in Florida where you can take the monorail, the boats, whatever. You just have to walk um, from the parking structure and go through um, security. Uh, the temperature checks um, as of opening day were, were still um, in place at Disneyland and then, you know, normal security. Um, but other than that, um, you know, those were the, the main entry procedures. The health protocols, Disneyland and the cast members did a wonderful job trying to make sure um, people were as socially distant as possible um, in the queues. Um, Disneyland really isn't built for social distancing. No, um, no it not was, at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was most evident um, when I was in New Orleans Square and people Oof. were lining up for Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, the line kind of snaked all through New Orleans Square and there was breaks for people to cross to go over to. Um, you know, like the railroad station or the Haunted Mansion. So it was kind of a little tricky. But, you know, again, the cast, um, you know, that I call it organized chaos. They they really managed to do a great job of of keeping people distant. There were markers on the ground. And I think everybody, you know, the, the guests and the cast members, everyone was happy and everyone was really, really nice about things. So people did respect each other's space. Um, I don't know how long that will last, but it was mm-hmm. nice to know that everyone was following um, you know, procedures as best as they can to stay um, to stay safe because we want to keep Disneyland open, you know, and not have it closed for another 400 days. So um, it was it was nice to be back there for that. And, and I felt really, um, really safe. And then when it came to eating, um, you know, you could eat um, outdoors. Uh, you can take your mask off once you order your food. If you're sitting at a um, restaurant sitting down. Um, I was at Cafe Orleans for for lunch, and you know, once we ordered our drinks, we were allowed to take our masks off and just enjoy, you know, enjoy the food and drink from that point. The real question is, what did you get at Cafe Orleans? I tried the uh, three cheese Monte Cristo. Mm. That oh, was that sounds really, good. That was really good. And brie cheese, it was it was fantastic. And then I also um, had chicken gumbo. Even though it was ninety degrees, I had to get some some mm-hmm. gumbo in New Orleans. Yeah. Was was the menu pared down at all? Did you notice, or are you? 
Yes, it, it was. Uh, a lot of the restaurants really um, cut down the number of menu items that they were okay. offering. Um, some restaurants were not even open. Um, and then the portion sizes were a little bit smaller. That was the big um, talk among the the West Coast Disney community is that the Monte Cristo sandwiches basically had been cut in half. So where mm-hmm. there used to be maybe four pieces, now there were two pieces at the same at the same price. Um, so that was a big, um, big uh, topic among people on the west coast about changing of food and prices and stuff like that welcome to the disney world yeah they're changing all the prices and all the food right now food yeah the the menus are pared down they got rid of basically they they went and said what is doug's wife's favorite menu item at every (laughs) restaurant and eliminated that so that's how that disney world yeah and if i remember right the last time i got that sandwich uh the last time i was at disneyland and it was large to where maybe half of it is the right amount. I don't know. Did it right. still a good portion though? Or did it, it feel was small? A good, it was a good portion, but mine was the, the cheesy version. There wasn't the ham and meat in there. Oh, so I feel that I, okay. that I needed, I needed the, um, the Missing extra the protein. amount, especially when you're doing all that walking, I needed some carb loading going on. I wasn't running the marathon, but I was going back and forth between Disneyland and California Avengers. So you need the extra, you know, the extra energy for sure. I mean, the parks are both reopened in California. I would be doing as much as possible. Uh, my concern was uh, I've been to the parks uh, multiple times, and there's not a lot of room in the queue. It was not built for COVID at all, by the way. No other theme park could fail right, as right. much. Yep. So the examples I can give, like, for example, um, you know, with uh, Rise of the Resistance, um, First of all, you don't have to kind of all cram in with each other anymore. You could get, you know, get on your uh, phone or computer at 7 a.m. wherever you are in the country and try to get a Rise of the Resistance pass. But when you're walking through there, they've shifted most of the queue outdoors. And then you skip over the portion, spoiler alert if no one's been on it, but you skip over the portion for the hologram where Ray is and go right Mm. into the shuttle portion. So you just kind of, you kind of whisk through there. And then it takes you into the rest of the indoor queue. In Pirates of the Caribbean, it snaked through New Orleans. And then they were only letting a certain number of people um, indoors. And then once you're on the attractions, and I, I'm sure they were doing this at Disney World at the beginning, um, you know, like I, I had a group of three people with me on Pirates of the Caribbean. We were the only three people um, in the boat. So capacity is down all the way around. They're only letting 25% of people in there. It did truly feel like 25% across the park and on the attractions because most of the attractions were basically walk on. Um, I think soaring was only running one theater. So that had a little bit of a weight. Um, Indiana Jones, it just takes forever to walk through there anyway. So that did feel like a 20 or 30 minute wait, but most of the attractions you were, you were walking on all day. Um, and then after a certain point, if you walk back to Main Street, Main Street was was empty. So, like, it, again, it did feel like there was truly that 25 percent number. I don't know how long that will last. I know June 15th is that target date that our governor in California plans to open the economy for everyone. So um, it you know, my my advice for people who are in California and can get there, I would go before June 15th, because mm-hmm. if it stays at 25 percent, this is a. This is like a, a magical day. This is what I what I was saying before, a pupil free day to me. Like you're a kid and you get the day off and you get to go to the parks um, in California and you get to go on everything twice or three times. This is the time to do it. You know? Yeah. It's like when we went in September. Derek, yeah, exactly. World. It was, yeah, it was hot and everything, but man, it was so empty. And as that, people have to remember like, so Disney World's still at 35%, but like 
if they're actually at 35%, that's a busy day at Disney World because capacity right. is New Year's, which is ludicrously busy. And so, like, 50% of capacity is a lot of people. So 35 is still a lot of people, and you don't have everything open. You don't have shows going. You don't have all the character meets. So down at 25%, that crowd doesn't have as many options. So, boy, once when that June date rolls around, I bet we're looking at 50 60% capacity, right? Yeah. And it's yeah. going to be a lot more people real quick. I, I don't know what will happen, but I, I wish you could stay this way forever. I know it's not a sustainable business practice, but I, I wish you could, I wish you could stay this way forever. Cause it is really nice. And I know, you know, right now you were talking about Derek, like some of the attractions um, right now, Matterhorn, Jungle Cruise, Finding Nemo, Submarine Voyage. Um, they're all oh. closed. It, hap- it happens that Matterhorn is on its perpetual refurbishment um, and Jungle Cruise is going through uh, the, the changes. You said Finding Nemo. I don't I don't see that There's one opening no for a while. I mean, put yeah. a bunch no. of people on a submarine, even with masks. I, I didn't that like it the, <laughs> for that reason. That, that, is, that is the last attraction that's going to be open in all of Disney parks. Right. I, I agree with you. And then, and then over on the California Adventure side, I think Grizzly River Run is scheduled to reopen next week actually so it the most of the stuff is open on the california venture side but anything that's high touch like buzz lightyear is closed right now and i can't figure that out why because midway mania is open on california venture side that is interesting something's yeah, broken buzz was open yeah it's gotta be are there are they using the, the queue space? space for another attraction no, because the I'm, I'm thinking about the closest attraction to there and Star Tours and, and Astro Orbiters are right by there. And, and there weren't, I mean, again, this is just one day of experience, but True. there there wasn't lines to sustain um, like we're seeing in Florida. Like when somebody goes on a line for Frozen, it, it snakes all the way down to China or, mm-hmm. or to a different, over a few countries just to, to get um, to get on, um, you know, Frozen. I would bet maybe they have future plans to use that queue space for star tours because like buzz lightyear in florida they use monsters inc yep. for q space so you something's got to give right so interesting right. what was they what have was hopping yeah. what was hopping so, like so with park hopping when you make your when you make your reservation to the park you have to choose which park you're going to start in and then you can't park hop until after 1 p.m okay then once after 1 p.m hits you can go back and forth as many times as you want Keep in mind with um, right now, the park hours are 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. for both parks. I know that's going to be extended in the next month to 9 to 9 p.m. Um, so I call those Florida hours because I'm always used to Disneyland mm-hmm. being open like 8 a.m. to midnight. I'm just in California Venture till 10. So it is quite an adjustment for, you know, for the California people who would just come and hang out for a few hours as a pass holder um, to do everything 9 to 7. It is a, is a much shorter day. So I started in Disneyland. Um I didn't end up going over to California Adventure until probably about 3.30, and I just kind of did, like, the the best of California Adventure in 90 minutes. Like, I, I did Soaring, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Incredicoaster, um, and there's one more in there, uh, Radiator Springs Racers, and then I kind of came on back. So, the, until the, best, came on back the best attractions, literally, you got them knocked out. Yeah, I just knocked them out. I, I was basically running, you know, to each one, and it was it was walk-on to all of them there wasn't like i think in credit coaster was like a five minute wait you could if i wanted to go on it five times i could what about radiator springs racers no that one i think was about a 15 minute wait when when i got on there but it it was you know because we're used to long long waits i remember going when it opened and it was 
several hours and always breaking down, but it was to have it just be <laughs> a 15 minute wait was incredible. Yeah. Well, that queue could handle social distancing as the crowds build at least. Oh yeah. That, that yeah. that's one that could not many others, not many others. So what surprised you the most on day one? Well, I actually was surprised how well Disney handled everything. Um, not that I don't have faith in Disney and the organization to do things, but I was expecting a little more chaos. Um, and the only time I really felt crowded was at entry because people were kind of rushing to get in by 9 a.m. So we they had, you know, again, the, the um, Mickey and Friends side, you walk the tram route. The harbor side, you were walking the route where they usually have the hotel buses set up, like the art um, set up. So it just felt like everybody who was there for the day was in line and it didn't didn't feel um, as distance. But I was just surprised once you got into the park, how well everything was going, how smooth things felt. And also how many times I saw Josh tomorrow around the park mm -hmm. um, interacting with guests and cast members, because I feel like he's cloned or something because I, I <laughs> ran into him at least seven or eight times throughout the day and he's I, I would tease him i said what time is the meeting greet for you or do, do we need a fast pass to take a picture with you he just he kind of smiled and, and moved on but he was very accessible not just for um you know not just for the guests but i saw him picking up trash like he was he was genuinely carrying um ken the president from disneyland i saw him out there bob Iger, um bob chapik was there as well um so like the the brass was out in full force so um, they really wanted to make sure that um, everything was running smoothly. And I did feel like they succeeded. Like that day one was successful. Um, I don't think they ran out of everything. I think Big Thunder Mountain was the only thing that I saw with downtime. But it, it was it was smooth. It was very smooth. Oh, that's it's, really cool to see all those guys yeah, at the park. It's, yeah. it's funny. The thing that surprised you is that, you know, they did a good job of running it smoothly because they learned from Walt I, Disney world. They, though. Did, they had plenty like, of time. I've been to Disney world for numerous things where it's like left hand, meet the right hand. You should talk. And they don't. Right. So here clearly they did talk. There was communication. Things went smooth. That's awesome. I, and I, I would say that's, that's probably the best thing about having Josh in that role as chairman is that he mm -hmm. was president of Disneyland before. So I think he can kind of, I don't want to say there's a divide, but he can kind of bridge that divide where there will be some communication between everybody and maybe kind of make things, um, you know, smoother going forward and um, make things easier going forward. Yeah. He was at Walt Disney world quite a bit and uh, learning from their mistakes. I'm, I'm sure. And so I'm glad that Disneyland is, doing what they can and hopefully you know uh, disney world is is kind of going up and now disneyland hopefully and uh a year from now we're back to whatever new normal is right i, I don't think we'll see the days of of packing in for rise of the resistance and I, but i don't i'm hopeful we'll see um a time frame when we can watch phantasmic or happily ever after or some of those things on um, on either yeah. coast I, I don't know to what degree or what that will look like, but I'm hopeful that will come, you know, maybe, you know, with, you know, within a year, um, it would be nice, especially um, with you guys on the East coast and the 50th anniversary, it'd be nice to have yeah. those, yeah. those type of shows back. So what was highlight of day one for back in the parks in California? It, it was like riding a bicycle. It's like going on main street for the first time and just knowing where you're going. It was just this, 
this kind of euphoric feeling, as I described at the beginning of being there and just being a part of, of the experience of being somewhere on the first day um, that it opens. And then also just, just having, having the park with a bunch of diehard fans. I felt like everybody that was there is a true, like is a fan of Disney and, mm -hmm. and, and their, their heart is in the right place. And they cared about like the cast members and the fans, they were all sharing in positive moments. And it was just a really nice, it was a nice thing to be there. And of course, not having the the lines for the queues, like being super long. Um, that was always a big thing for me because, you know, nobody really wants to wait 45 minutes for the Monsters, Inc. attraction. So to just to walk on it, that that's a great thing. Or to no, walk on. No one wants to, to wait see... five minutes for that. But yes. <laughs> no, but but sometimes it is a long line or or seeing the new Snow White um, attraction mm. that they just upgraded. Mm -hmm. So just having that. Um, to go on that where it might be a long wait or Peter Pan, you know, like things that you normally expect a long wait and it wasn't. So it was just a nice, um, a nice thing to be, to almost have the park to yourself, you know, to 25% capacity. It's not going to last forever, but while it does, we might as well, um, we might as well enjoy it. My gut kind of tells me they kept it well under 25% for these first few days. Yeah. That's kind of what yeah. my gut's telling me. But even uh, the cast member previews. Yeah, I think so. Just that way they get the kinks worked out and they can build the crowds over the next few weeks. And uh, that way they, you know, make sure everybody's having a good time. And it sounds like everybody had a good time for me, Derek. This feels like deja vu. Like we had these conversations throughout all of July with guests. Yep. With Disney World and Disney Universal World opened and As, <laughs> it's just it's just weird it's just seeing weird. pictures of like just no like you said at rope drop you're not you're not going to see that right now but you're not going to i don't know if you're ever going to see that again but at disneyland i'm sure uh opening day opening week opening month you're not going to have a bajillion people fighting to get in though i'm going to be honest i can't wait for those days to come back do you like to elbow people at, at, well with the stroller doug come on i use the your stroller kids aren't going to need a stroller uh, you're by right by the time back. that opens but disneyland they only do the one stroller so then we have two we're bobbing and weaving so uh i'll, I'll looking forward to the days where we only have one stroller at disneyland but uh that it's just crazy that it was closed for as long as it was and i'm sure the the magic that you speak of going down Main Street again is just an understatement to all of our listeners who have been to Disneyland and and being able to do that and, and experience that with with plenty of Disney fanatics with them. Yeah, it's funny. I, I don't think anybody thought 400 plus days. And I remember I was actually with a group of friends um, a few days before the park closed. I think before they even announced it might have been like a week before the park closed. And um, COVID was just, you know, being talked about heavily. And, you know, we just the parks just didn't feel right at that time. Um, as we kind of approach that, you know, time to close, but being back, you know, being back for the first time in 400 days, like it just felt like it was the happiest place on earth. Um, you know, it was very magical. So it did feel like you were back where, where you wanted to go for magic and have a, a bit of escapism with everything that's going on in the world. That's when, uh, like in September, Doug, I didn't even mind mm -hmm. waiting in any line because no. I had a smile on my face that I was just back. And so you're like, you're talking about like five minute lines on an attraction. I'm like, I, I could care less. I will be there. <laughs> yeah. That September trip we took was our first one after it reopened. And the mental vacation that that gave us, I think yeah. it was starting to get rough mentally going through the daily grind and work with COVID, all that sort of stuff. And something about Main Street USA or um, 
you know, Galaxy's Edge also for me mm-hmm. helped a lot. Like in mm-hmm. Pandora, it just it just released enough endorphins in the old brain that knew we can get through this and that sort of thing. So I hope Disneyland gl- opening is going to help Southern California. California yep. Just right. th- you guys need it out there. Yeah, and I, I don't think people realize outside of California how much Disneyland means to mm-hmm. the state of California. It, it really is like a be- beacon of hope and optimism, um, and people really do look forward to going there. It is, you know, as much as as Disney wants um, outside visitors from out of state, it really is that local park where people go and they and they feel at home. They feel like this is this is somewhere they're they're used to coming. It's kind of a rite of passage to take their kids, grandkids, whatever. So to have that be closed for 400 days and then kind of feel that pressure you guys were feeling in September, like, you know, that, that COVID anxiety like built up because you're kind of, you're, some people are working remotely. Some people have to be in tough situations and, and working, you know, in grocery stores and in dangerous situations, like, and, and put their health on the line every day. Um, but to be able to come into a park and to have that escapism, you know, which Walt Disney designed the park to be for everybody and to have that escapism, it's really evident when you walk down there for the first time to be like, wow, this is great that I'm back on Main Street USA or I'm in Batu or I'm on Space Mountain. I, I can just kind of um, release some of that stress that's been there for, you know, for a year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad California is open again. Yes. So. Welcome. All the yeah. West Coast people. So now that you've broken the ice on Disney, got any future Disney plans going forward? Yeah, believe it or not, I was I didn't think I was going to get this to happen, but I did uh, make another reservation to go back to Disneyland nice. um, on my birthday on May 27th. So that's the the immediate um, future plans. But I do I also am hoping to be in Disney World for the 50th, and then for Disneyland Paris for the um, for the 30th in April of 2022. So I'm hope to nice. be in those and eventually make my way. Um, to Shanghai and Hong Kong. As I joke, I'll retire from Disney parks once I hit all of them, but that's not really going to happen. <laughs> no, it's... Well, then yeah, they got to keep adding things. You know, the Disney Wish is yeah. coming out. There's going to be more ships. There's only gonna, always going to be more stuff for you to do. Yes, exactly. And for the, the 50th, now, I have a park pass reservation for the Magic Kingdom. Derek! I'm at does Epcot. Not, you, you got Epcot still, looking for that Magic Kingdom one. Jeff, where are you at? I... Don't have anything. Just a no. hotel. Yeah. No. You got to keep checking. Keep checking. Every day. I mean, I sometimes you just have to keep refreshing. I mean, that's how I found the reservations for May 27th. I just refresh. I'm like, whoa, these are here now, but where before they weren't. So I don't know on my end, it, some speculation, whether they were increasing capacity or just people who thought they would get their IDs checked from out of state gave up. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, but I'm, I'm glad that that changed. So hopefully there's hope for Derek, you know, to, to be, I to move so. over to the I magic really kingdom, do. but you yeah. might be able to see harmonious, um, you know, in October when that opens. Right. So I just don't want to go by myself. I want to go with Doug. That's the show. Mm-hmm. We're together. Yep. So it's, no, it's yes. hard to be a part. And I will leave you behind. You will. I, I know I'm well pass. aware. I, <laughs> you go ride the rat ride and I'll go and uh, get my 50th anniversary cupcake. Okay. I'm I mean, sad. really, there's nothing going to be new at Magic Kingdom, Derek. No, it's, it's just, just gonna... the experience. Like, uh, I'll like the Jeff said, Josh. It, it, well, there's just everyone who, uh, all the Disney fanatics. Like, that is what I miss about opening day and, and watching it through Twitter and YouTube is I feel like everyone that was there when you were there is all the Disney loyalists, the people that were, you know, blood, sweat, and tears, listen to the podcasts all about Disney. And so that's what... 
uh, really would be cool about going on opening day and going on the 50th. Mm-hmm. It was actually surprising. I did see one or two buttons that said uh, first visit, and I thought it was maybe like a first visit in 400 days, but they were they were kids, and they it really uh, was oh, their wow. It really was their first visit to Disneyland. And I thought, what a great way to come to Disneyland on your first day and, and never have to wait more than 10 minutes or that's, 20 minutes. That's going to ruin the like, experience for like them in gonna, the long run. <laughs> But like how how cool for for those kids is that you know that they were able to come and get that and their their family set that up so I thought that was really must be a unique perspective through the eyes of a child you know for that absolutely all right Derek I think it's time for, for the, the lightning, lightning round. round congratulations on surviving us this long now we get to do the lightning round where it is scored there are points but they mean nothing so Jeff are you ready I am ready yes. All right, so you'll answer with your favorite Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, whatever you need to. Okay, here we go. Favorite Disney movie? Uh, Disney Pixar movie would be Up. Ooh, choice. Like the sad ones. Ooh. All right, favorite Disney character? Donald Duck. Oh, not Doug from Up. I was I was expecting that. Never mind. Okay. No, no. I mean, Doug is cool too, but Donald Duck. There's just something so great about him. Yes. All right. Favorite Disney villain? I Scar. Scar is a great villain. It is. That's a good one. Favorite Disney song? Bare Necessities. Oh, that's a good wow. One. We yeah. haven't had that on here. Okay. I don't think so, but that's a good one. That I is a great one. We haven't heard of that. It's classic. You can hum along wherever mm-hmm. you are. I mean, it's, it's great. It is. All right. Favorite Disney park? I've been. I've been struggling on this one because I, I think as much as I love my home Disneyland park, I would still have to say Tokyo Disney Sea is my is my favorite park. Oh, jealous you've been there. All right. Favorite classic attraction you define classic. Classic would be Pirates of the Caribbean at Disneyland. That's the better one. That's like, right. Yes. I mean, I suppose. Although I, I will say, if you when you get a chance to go to Paris, their their Pirates of the Caribbean is pretty unique and cool uh, there as well. I like that one a lot. Yeah. I tried to explain it to Derek. He didn't get it. Nope. He didn't get it. You gotta go. You told him there was a loop, right? There, like once you go on the loop. I it's mean, crazy. But, I have yeah, to. I have different. to experience it to understand. <laughs> I guess. Okay. All right. Favorite modern attraction. Uh, modern attraction. Probably, I mean, I don't really consider this modern, but Pooh's Honey Hunt in uh, in Tokyo Disneyland. That's my favorite mm-hmm. one right now. I haven't been on any of the the newer ones at some of the other parks, but Pooh's Honey Hunt is just really a unique attraction that I that I love. That's a good one. We haven't heard that before, yeah, too. No. But yes, that that was like the first trackless ride, correct? I, yes, yes. All right. Favorite Disney resort. Uh, it will probably be one in Florida. I would say, um, I just like the contemporary, even though there, there's something very out of date about it. It's just having the monorails go through there and, um, being a part of it. I just really enjoy the contemporary. It's hard to argue the contemporary, right? That, that scores lots of points. Don't worry. You're doing quite well on the points. We're not really keeping track. All right. Favorite counter service restaurant. This one is one that I experienced when I went to Animal Kingdom um, in the Pandora World of Avatar or whatever they decide to call it this Satuli week. Um, that's that's Yes, Satuli Canteen. Yeah, that's that's just really uh, a great, excellent food, um, great environment, atmosphere. I just really, um, really enjoy it. 
Yeah, the way you set that up with saying Animal Kingdom, I was like, just if he says Restaurantosaurus, we just. I was thinking Flame Tree, so I okay. And and Flame Tree is, you know, it it has a good atmosphere. There's a lot of very beautiful um, environment around there. Like I just like I like that. I like taking pictures around there, but I just you know. You got the you got the question right. So Doug and I both agree. Yes, it's our favorite. Hundred points. Yes. (laughs) All right. Favorite table service restaurant. All right, this one is going to be outside the country. Um, this one is going to be at Disneyland Paris. And unfortunately, I hear it's not open all the time, but it's called Waltz, mm. and it's on Main Street USA. And there's just something very um, – not only is the food good, um, which is sometimes a criticism of Disneyland Paris, um, but uh, you get to sit over overlooking Main Street. And I think that's just such a cool um, atmosphere and vibe. And then just walking through the whole restaurant – it's all a homage to Walt Disney. And I think it's just really, um, really well done. Um, you know, Tom Morris and, and, um, you know, Tony Baxter and everybody, Eddie Soto that got involved in, in creating Disneyland Paris just did such a great job with, you know, with Walt and, and Disneyland Paris in general, like making it a really, really beautiful, um, castle park. And I just, I love that restaurant. It was a great, it was a great experience. Yeah. That was closed the week I was there. It was open like the day before open the day after closed while we were oh, there. Bummer. It, yeah, it's, it's something weird. really weird about Disneyland they, Paris where like their their restaurants are like, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Friday open. Yeah. The rest of the time it's closed. You can't you can't keep track. But. It's, it's special. Yeah, I <laughs> wish we could have eaten there. It looks amazing. Favorite Disney snack. OK, so favorite Disney snack. I would have to go with a churro. Of course. True Disneyland. West yep. Coast. Yeah. Yep. Got to yeah. have that in there. All right. Favorite Disney drink. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna give some East Coast love to the citrus uh, swirl drink Ooh. that they have in Adventureland. So I do, um, I do enjoy that because I know there's always a, a ongoing rivalry debate: Dole Whip versus citrus swirl. Mm-hmm. And I will give the edge to the citrus swirl. Well, that did not score well no. on my porn scale, but uh, other people. Oh have. no! Yeah, I'm a Dole Whip guy, so yeah. it's it's. I okay. mean, I don't I don't dislike Dole Whips. I just I think citrus swirl. That's I I like the. I, I like it for sure. It has a good match. And the orange bird. Yeah. Know? Yeah. The orange yeah, bird. Yeah. You can't go the orange bird's great. All right. And last but not least, a Disney bucket list item. That I that I've done or I haven't done. You haven't Have, done. Haven't done. What's left on the bucket list? Well, it would just be going to uh, Shanghai and, and Hong Kong Disneyland and kind of completing, you know, getting all my infinity stones for the Disney parks. <laughs> and, uh, and then he snaps and yeah. And then, I, yeah. and I snap my fingers and they stay open forever. But I like right. that. Yeah, That's probably, a good snap. I would cheer for you, Jeff. Yeah, Thanos. I'm bringing them back. Like I, I would bring everything back, you know, like people mover, bring it back. You oh, know? Of course. Yes, yeah. exactly. Horizons just right on top. Yeah. Of the, yeah. Oh, I love Double that decker. idea for the yeah. record. So, okay. Just right on top of Mission Bring all those old school attractions back with a, with a snap. Figment you know, would be gone and it'd be the old journey. So, yes. With Figment. Oh, yeah. With yeah, Figment. Better yes. Figment. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. OG, OG Figment. Yes. I hope you get the Infinity Stones and can make this happen now. <laughs> well, I just need once once tourism is allowed in certain countries, I will I will be there hopefully. All right. And we'll have to have you back on to uh, talk a little bit more about it because, yeah, that's that's pretty amazing. That'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That concludes the lightning round. All right, Jeff, we'll take a minute right now and tell the people where they can find you. 
All right. So I, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter and Instagram, I have Jeff Gordon LA, J F F G O R D O N L A, at Jeff Gordon LA. And then also on Instagram, I do uh, food reviews from around the world, including some Disney parks as well, but also um, different Michelin star restaurants from all over the world. And that's Gordon Grubbs. So uh, most of the time I'm grubbing, there's not a lot of flubbing or negative reviews. So um, Gordon Grubbs is where you can find my my dining reviews. Awesome. awesome. I'll put that stuff in the show notes and definitely uh, guys follow along with Jeff uh, as definitely he'll be experiencing more stuff as everything reopens. And uh, I- I'm glad that you got to experience Disneyland on opening day. And uh, that's just such a magical experience. So uh, how often are you planning on getting back there? Well, I mean, since I'm now a retired annual pass holder, legacy pass holder, uh, it won't be as often as I used to go. But, um, you know, certainly I'll try as long as annual passes are not around, I'll try to time it around the seasons. So I'll probably go once for my birthday upcoming and then, you know, Halloween, Christmas, stuff like that. So and then hopefully they'll uh, reintroduce some sort of Mm -hmm. um, AP plan. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Who knows? You might have to give like a kidney or a firstborn or something of that nature to get one. Sacrifice something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I've been I've been going through Indiana Jones one too many times and it just hasn't worked yet. But we'll see. Hopefully, <laughs> we need to get to the Patreon show where we're going to talk to Jeff for a few more minutes. So if you want to become a, a Patreon, you'll have to go to our show notes and click that link and subscribe. We actually have another bonus Patreon show we're going to do this week where Doug and I discuss Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So mm. you'll hear two bonus shows uh, because we have not discussed that newest Marvel release. But that mm. is all the time that we have for Jeff. But we do have to give a shout out to one of our sponsors and that is Michelle McKnight who is busy right now booking Disneyland, Disney World, some other Disney vacation, Vegas, anywhere you want to go because uh, 2021, 2022 is the fear of missing out. You do not want to miss out on going on vacation. And Doug, uh, things are going and booking up pretty quick. June, July, they August. Are. It's crazy right it's, now. Availability is sketchy all year. I, I so looked into it today. If you're thinking you're going yeah. somewhere this fall, you might want to think a little faster. Get on and the ball. Next year, even. Oof, it blew my mind. People. I looked at November and there's already bookings happening so if you want to go this year talk to michelle her emails in the show notes get a quote uh because this is a great time to go and if you want to join jeff as he finishes out his uh bucket list you're going to want to talk to michelle as well she can hook you up with those but jeff thank you so much for being on this week's episode of rope drop radio yeah definitely happy to be here and happy to come back anytime and talk disney Awesome. Thank you guys. Follow along with Jeff on social media. Follow along with us, all things at Rope Drop Radio. But for Doug, I'm Derek. And Jeff, you've been listening to Rope Drop Radio.